0: We interrupt this podcast to bring you something important. (laughs) Should we try that again? (laughs) We interrupt this podcast to bring you live breaking news out of the Northwest. Oh, breaking. Okay. It's not really live. No, it's not really been breaking. It's been happening for a long time, but it's exciting. It's exciting. It
1: is the Christian Musician Summit happening. Northwest. The Northwest Christian Musician Summit. Thank you. Happening December 14th. No, nope, November. November. God <laughs> messed it up. Ah, November 14th and 15th, Friday and Saturday in Seattle, Washington, which actually is Issaquah, Washington, but everyone calls it Seattle, Seattle area. Uh, w- um, we are going to have a booth there. Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast is going to have a booth at the conference if you are listening to this stop and if you're going to the, uh, Christian musician summit in the Northwest, stop by our booth, please say hi.
0: Yeah. And so if you, if you, especially if you live in the Northwest, you're looking for a, a summit, a conference to take your team to good team building time, a great time to go and learn and get refreshed and restored. Make sure you check it out. It's www.christianmusiciansummit.com. And then you'll see a link there for Northwest. And that's the one that's coming up. So make sure you go check that out. And, uh, I won't be there, but Kevin would love to see you there.
1: I'm going to be there representing. And we're
0: teaming up with uh,
1: Frequency FM.
0: Frequency.fm.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, we'll be sharing a booth together. You'll get a chance to meet those guys and uh, be awesome to, yes. to meet some people.
0: So stop by the booth, say hi to Kevin, um, and maybe he'll even uh, record, uh, record a little uh, quick, hey, how do you like in the conference uh, discussion with you? We can put on a future episode of the podcast. Yeah. Cool. So, All right. Now on. To the podcast, back to the podcast. The Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. All right, everyone, we are back, episode. 140 Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast.
1: 140.
0: 140.
1: That's crazy. One plus four is five. Five plus zero is five. <laughs> and the three of us plus two people downstairs make five.
0: I don't know. Right. Okay, that was. That I love you. Analysis, to, speech I, <laughs> that, that
1: didn't work at all. No,
0: it worked one episode and <laughs> then he's been trying to do it every I, other one. <laughs> <laughs> there was one
1: episode where the math was perfect. I can't remember what I did. It was like episode like one thirty six or something. One thirty six. Yeah, it was one thirty six. Yeah. And yeah, it was like one plus three is four, four plus six is ten. is a perfect number. Um, yeah. you know, we're a perfect and, ten. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. It, it hasn't it hasn't been good ever since. I should stop doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's, it's kind of become a thing, though. It so, is a yeah. thing. It's right.
1: a little bit of a thing. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, not much of a thing. It's though. kind of
0: our family uh, growing up with birthday candles. We never had enough birthday candles. You know how they have the candles with that are the number? So, like, it has a five oh, yeah, and then yeah. it has a wick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had we had some random ones of those. So, we'd have, like, a five and a three and a seven. And so, every year, we'd do that for our birthday cake. We'd put, like, five plus three is yeah. eight plus, plus seven is 15. Happy 15th birthday, you know? <laughs> right. You didn't have a one. There was no one and yeah, five. No one and so, five. you had
1: to kind of add, add up just, the math there on uh, the cake. <laughs> It's
2: very
0: resourceful. So, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so last, uh, you make sure, uh, listeners, to go check out episode 139, where we started this conversation with Joel Payne. We're, we're continuing on with uh, Joel of Resound Worship. Uh, they're over in the UK. It is uh, He's graciously agreed to stay on for another episode. Because it
1: it's like past 10 o'clock in, this, your, in your yeah. neck of the woods. Are you getting tired? Are you hanging in there? I'm just about hanging on. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, is the news on there? Does the news come on at ten o'clock over there?
2: It does, yeah. But we don't. We oh, okay. don't have a TV, so we oh. no TV. No. Yeah. So
0: so you could, the world could be collapsing right now, and you'd have no idea. Yeah,
2: we would always find we we only find out on catch up. So. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so last uh, last episode, we kind of we talked about what Resound is and their and their purpose, and uh, and we just got into talking about the Christmas album that's coming yeah. out, and uh, we want to make sure that we get the information out there to the listeners for how they can get the uh, album. So would you quick at the beginning of the show let everyone know where they can go download the album and the other yeah. resources that you have? Well,
2: hopefully in within maybe even as we speak it will be appearing on iTunes, but um, and, and you know several of the other common platforms. But Otherwise, resoundworship.org is a place to go and you can get um, you can get the tracks there and you can get charts, lead sheets, piano score. We do little choir arrangements and um and things there's a mixture of we we sort of try and give away as much as we can for free and then we charge for a few things because they're a bit more costly to produce Um, but that's that's really that's the place to go oh and uh, and you the prices on there it's just worth saying are in pounds (laughs) right but if you just go and click through then paypal sorts it out so you can you can pay in any money you like (laughs)
1: <laughs> pay paypal figures out the exchange rate yeah. for you because i Bitcoin. think How about yeah I, I think i think when i went on there it was set it was 7.99 pounds or however you say yeah. that right um so what what's the conversion rate between a pound and a dollar the pounds are worth more so it's, a it's pound like is
2: 1. about one dollar 6 60 something like that yeah
1: okay yeah so 7.99 is about like 13 bucks or something like that yeah but yeah a little
2: bit less I
1: and and I yeah and I'm like that to me that's great. I, I mentioned on the previous episode, um, you know, th- there there's for sure one song on there that I'm going to use during our Christmas at Laurelwood my church. Uh, maybe even a couple songs that really stood out to me. And here's the thing, folks. Like let's be honest, when you buy an album, if you can even find one song on an album that's worth using in your church, you have scored big. If you can find two. That's like worth its weight in gold. Three is (laughs) unprecedented. All
0: right, so yeah, the the last time I think we used three songs from an album was a Paul Balash album. Yeah, it was
1: uh, uh, the Hosanna one, right? The one that Hosanna Mm -hmm. was on. That's a great album, by the way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but um, so so yeah, this is a great resource for your coming Christmas season. And and actually. We usually don't do this, but we are in advance enough that you could actually use this to plan this year's Christmas.
1: Usually, yeah. Usually, by the time, <laughs> usually by the time on this podcast that we start talking about Christmas, it's like too late to begin yeah. your Christmas planning. Yeah, it's like
0: it's like December fifteenth. Yeah, and it's coming yeah. up this weekend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're actually recording this episode in October. Yeah. Uh, so it will probably publish uh, sometime early November. Or- yeah.
0: What I decided, I'm going to actually put them out of order, so it might drive some OCD members of Whoops. our listener audience out, uh, of, this could, yeah, out of their minds. But but uh, get these out there so we, we can plan Christmas, and then we'll put the other two that we just recorded after.
1: Nice. Now, Joel, when is the official release of your Christmas worship album? Uh,
2: do, do you know? I don't really know the answer. It's been. <laughs> I wish we were um, fancy enough to have an official release. Uh, we basically kind of, yeah. we've released it digitally, and we'll have the. See the thing, yeah. We've released it digitally over the last week, really. We, so we, what we what we're doing is, is we're doing a thing called the Twelve Mondays of Christmas. So it's a bit like the Twelve Days of Christmas, um, and we have, and every Monday we're putting another one of the tracks up on YouTube, and we're just doing a sort of simple lyric video and so on, just trying to have something people can share on social media yeah. and, and, and kind of um, keep in touch with it over the next few months. But we, um, so we've done that. We, we, we did the first song in the beginning last week. This week we did see the star, which is another new song by Matt. Um, and so that's now all available. And like I say, I, it should appear on iTunes any minute now. I'm just, I keep checking back searching. Has it, has it popped up yet? <laughs> um, but the actual physical product, I suppose basically that's available in about a week's time, they're just pressing it at the moment. Uh, but I guess great. if you want it in the US, it might take a little longer. You can get it, right. but we'll you know have to post it over to you.
0: Right. Yeah. So uh, so last week or la- yeah, a couple weeks ago, I guess I don't know. Last episode, we'll just think last that. episode. Yeah. We we just kind of dug into a little bit of the the recording process yeah. and the the producing process. We'd like to pick up there a little bit. Um, um, we've talked about. We've talked about recording, and, and Kevin's kind of getting into it a little bit, I think, some at your church, and yeah. just the need for worship leaders to to get familiar with uh, at least a little bit of recording technology, because it's a great tool yeah. uh, to use in your worship ministry. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, and and, and uh, um, just for the record, uh, for those listening who, who didn't hear the episode a while back, uh, we got this little multi-track you know recording thing. Um, and of course more and more with uh, digital boards that are coming out super mm-hmm. easy to multitrack right. now like that board that you guys yeah, have yeah. uh your place uh the 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 sonus mm-hmm. um i mean literally it's all built in for you to multi-track. Right. for us we have an analog you know old school allen and heath board so we had to have an outboard gear with the multi-track stuff but we've been doing some of that it's, it's fun
0: yeah and so um so I think it could be helpful and useful as much as as much as you want to share some of the behind the scenes stuff that went into you know the the amount of time that it took to do all of the recording and yeah. uh and uh and kind of who was involved in that and um and how much um how much uh critique changing Because um, you mentioned last last uh last episode what one of the things I appreciated was that you kind of gave the producers the the freedom to to make suggestions and changes, yeah. Uh, yeah. As as they were as if they felt necessary to help bring the album together. Yeah. Um. So so kind of what went into that process because that might be a little bit foreign to some people as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, it I was it was sort of new to us to some extent. So I've I've been involved in a few recordings in the past, but I've, this is I've never made an album before really from you know from scratch in this way. Um. Or certainly not one that was going to be released more more widely, um, and so the whole notion of working with producers was was quite a new thing, and I didn't know quite what to expect. I, I feel like we just struck gold. Um, there, there's a guy that um, a guy called Matt Matt Weeks, who was one of the producers, um, who I just come across a number of times. He come, we'd, we'd had a few gigs at our church with different people coming to do things, and he always seemed to come and play bass. He just he's one of these guys plays for everyone. Um, and then I met someone else that he'd done some production for and we just thought, and I just really liked him. And I thought, well, this is the guy I want to go to. I didn't know his brother Dan at all. Dan, it turns out he's an absolute fruitcake. Do you know, do you have that expression? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he's lonely, crazy he's crazy. He's not a fruitcake, yeah. but he is, he is, a, you know, 110 ideas a minute. Um, he's, so he's got creativity. He's and he bounces off the walls and all sorts. Um, and so, I and mean, it was great because, uh, as a pair of brothers, so Matt is really laid back and quite quietly spoken and Dan just is constantly dancing and making funny noises and and, can't (laughs) keep still. Um, So between them, they, they, they brought a lot to it, but the idea of working with producers and actually um, we knew from the outset, we wanted them to have a freedom. Like I said, on the last episode, the, the songs, in a sense, the songs were finished so we weren't asking them to help write them. And I think a lot of the time, producers get involved in the writing process as well. And I could see why these guys have got a great ear for particularly for, a great musical ear. Um, but because they'd already been published a lot of the songs and so on, it was more about just doing their version. And so then, then it was sitting in a, in a room with them. And, um, and I was probably, I think I was probably a little bit intimidated uh, at first and so yeah. they'd say, you know, what do you want to do with this one? And I'd say, I, well, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just go through that that process. Um, and we... Uh, and then they'd say, okay... And it seems to say, so, you know, what I thought was a fairly definitive version, they'd say, yeah, we don't do it like that, do we? And I'd say, oh, no, no, we don't, no. No, <laughs> well, of not. Mind, who would do it like that? Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and
2: they... Um, and then they, they just, it's simple stuff like they just pick up a guitar and they just start playing a rhythm that, I'll be honest, I would just never play. It just, mm. I don't have that. I mean, I can, that's for hoes, but I don't have it in my sort of musical vocabulary. And so instantly they bring in this different rhythm and the song's changed. And it's exactly the same song, with the same chords and the same tune and so on. And suddenly it sounds different. And a, a great example of that is, is there's one track on there, Listen to the Sound. When I first did it, it's got a sort of hillbilly bluegrass sort of sound to it. Um, and they turned it into half time. Um, and it suddenly it sounds like something from 2014. Um, mm. And it sound, and it's got, it, it, they just, I don't know what, yeah, I can't even explain what they did. With some of the tracks, um there is also, uh, well, once or twice, I, I kind of, you know, so I had to dig my heels in a bit. Where they'd listen to one and they say, I oh, yeah, I think we might drop this one." Um, and I, and, and this is really interesting because I was there, kind of representing the other writers. And you, you know, you've got that tension, haven't you? Where you think we absolutely only want the best stuff on this—that's true. But at the same right. time, I know I'm the only one in the room, and I've got to mm-hmm. speak up. You know, I've got to try and make the case. Um, and so, for a couple of the tracks, that that was the kind of thing. And I said, "Okay, well, look, I will tell you what. If, let's spend half an hour on this." Um, and if at the end of that half hour, you still think, yeah, we can't really make anything work, then fine, we'll, we'll let this go. Um, and that happened with certainly one song and, uh, and to a certain extent, another one. And it's turned, for me, that, that I feel like I can't quite say which one it was in case the writer's listening, but <laughs> it's turned into probably my favorite track on the album. Huh. And just by taking the time actually, and that was, a, that was a good example actually, rather than, you know, you can have quite a gut reaction to things, yeah. And um or a knee-jerk reaction, and actually say no. We're, we're just gonna we're gonna give this one a go, and by doing it, we found something which I think was really sounds really good.
0: Well, yeah, because it, it, songwriting is such a, a deeply personal, emotional expression of something inside you that that comes out that you don't know how to put words to all at once, and so it takes this. It's like a a birth of sorts, and to have someone to give someone the permission to, uh, to pick at that a little bit is, uh, it takes humility. It takes, it takes a gracious attitude towards it.
1: So, so Joel, so as you are you're in there with, uh, the producers and they're coming up with great ideas. Yeah. Um, are, are you, is every, uh, you said you were representing the kind of the, the larger collaborative group. Do you have, um, Different musicians who are in there tracking things uh, are. Are the producers playing the instruments? Do you have people uh, from your group, the songwriting group, doing uh, instruments? How's their actual recording? So we, yeah,
2: okay. Um, because we're not a band. I think this is another thing that's a kind of characteristic of the album. We're not. We're not a band. So there wasn't a band to record, um, and you know, some of us can sing a bit. Okay, um, and <laughs> some of us don't sing so well. I mean, I honestly, I was amazed that I ended up singing a couple of tracks on the album. I was on, I really <laughs> just thought I, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't expecting to at all. Cause I just thought I don't even want to, I don't want to buy an album, me singing. <laughs> they, they talked me <laughs> into Who it for that? a couple of them. Um, so, so what that meant actually was that we, we didn't get a lot of us involved in it. Um, and then that actual bit with the, so we had this thing we call, it's called pre-production. Um, and what that actually was, was sitting in one of the guy's spare bedrooms with a couple of IMAX running, and a guitar, and a glockenspiel, and um, something else kicking around the room, and a keyboard. Um, and then just going through the songs, passing the instruments. So around, I had another guy, Sam Hargreaves, who's one of our writers, he was with us for one of the days um, as well. And then it was just, you know, you try playing this, I'll try playing it, what about this? Um, and then what happened was, um, generally, this was interesting, I've not seen this before. So Dan, generally, would just go in and set up a groove of some sort on, um, on. You know, he he's using Pro Tools, um, and he just found a couple of sounds, and he'd just get some kind of groove, which is just a, a, few, a click and a whack and a drum and a something, and, which for him was gonna be the framework of the song. And that was a real skill that he had, because I just wouldn't be able to to set, he could set the, the tone of the song just by this, this combining a few sounds and setting that up. And then after that, it was um, there was one microphone sticking up in the middle of the room and someone had to go and record a guide track. And, it, and really, and to some extent, that was it once we'd worked on it, we'd worked on the structure, we'd got some sense of the feel, then Dan's skill was to turn that into a, just a really simple drum groove of, of barely any sounds to record against and, and then, then held together for the rest of the recording process.
0: I gotta say, just how awesome is it that one of the default instruments in the room was a
2: Glockenspiel?
1: Yeah, <laughs> someone grabbed the Glockenspiel. <laughs> and yeah, Who's I don't think
0: the any of it actually one? made it onto the. Well,
2: there's no Glockenspiel on the album in the end. Oh. Oh, it's a Christmas album. Where, where is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so you you started. You did pre-production. Yeah. You would do a guide track, and yeah. then you know I hadn't really thought you know the in a it just didn't occur to me until you started talking about it that um, there isn't a band. It's not You guys aren't a band. You're songwriters writing yeah. songs for the church. So when you yeah. have to do something like that, that's, a, that's an entirely different dynamic that you're not used to. Yeah.
1: So then uh, here, here's a kind of logistical question yeah. for you. So um, like the, the bass player throughout... Um, or the the, the bass tracks on the album yeah. is that the one bass player playing all all the tracks I'm saying the drummer was there one drummer who played everything for you guys
2: yeah yes there were I mean for the the bass and the drums it is so we had um, we had a guy called so we basically we booked out a studio for a few days great little studio in the sort of in the middle of London, um, and uh, we got a guy called Troy Miller to come and play drums for us. And, and you know, with these things, you always, we don't have a huge budget. We actually managed to, I don't know if I said this before, but we actually, we crowdsourced to be able to put this thing together. <laughs> so we actually went out to our subscribers and supporters and friends and family, and we managed to get, from them, we gathered um, 10,000 pounds, so that's about uh-huh. $16,000, on top yeah. of what we could, we'd already been able to put together. So that kind of set great. our budget and it's great yeah. because it meant we sort of, we knew we'd already sold quite a lot of the, what we were going to produce. Right. Um, but so yes, yeah, so we booked a studio and we just kind of had to cram into the time that we had available. We've got this guy, Troy, who's a, you know, he's a sort of award winning British drummer. So that was fantastic to get hold of him. Um, and he came in and, and, and recorded, um, we just blasted through, I don't know, was it two, three days? We blasted through the drum tracks. And it turned out in this same studio, they had what is reputed to be the best recording piano in, in a studio in London. And it wow. just happened to be, in, and it was sitting in the corner of the studio while we were recording. So basically <laughs> like, every
1: time... I'll take that.
2: Every time <laughs> Troy finished, you know, went off to the loo or off to the toilet or something, we um, someone would dash in and, and we'd record something on the piano because we <laughs> thought, we've got it here, we've got to use this time while, while yeah. we do it. But so, that is then, one
0: of the things, ironically, that I thought, that piano sounded amazing. I don't know if you thought that. Yeah, it
1: did. On, on that opening track, you know, I yeah. mentioned the, the, in the beginning song, you know, uh, um, you know, you got the horns doing the ba na but also the octaves. ba na yeah. right? And, and I, I, I love that sound, just that really bright, you know, full uh, piano sound. Yeah. Really good.
2: That was, yeah. That, I mean, it was lovely to have that piano. And they, again, the producers, they were really keen. And um, we got it, we had the album mixed by a guy called Shane D Wilson in Nashville. And, um, that was one of their key things. They just kept saying, turn the piano up, turn the piano. Up. Every time I went back for edits, they said more piano. Right. Cause this was a, they wanted this sound to glue the whole thing together. Um, yeah. What were we say Are you asked? And the, yeah, the bass player. So actually Matt weeks, one of the producers, what, what he does as well is he's a bass player. So, um, but those guys played a lot on the album, to be fair, they play yeah. everything very well. Mm. Well, and
1: that's what's nice when you can get a, a good producer who actually can play, too. Yeah. You know, you yeah. get kind of a two-for-one. two for, two yeah. for one.
0: yeah. Yeah, you don't have to pay $50 an hour for a bassist because you're already paying them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. It does help. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so guide track, bass, and drums, and then and then how did you kind of decide uh, what else was going to go into each track?
2: Um. So what, I suppose one of the decisions we made quite early on was to try not to have any electric guitar on the album, um, and, and that was sort good of, for you. Sort of, <laughs> we, we did end up with a bit on there;
0: yeah.
2: it crops up in one or two places. But we tried to come up with the, with the whole sound without using electric guitar. Now, having said that, we, we, one of the, we sort of replaced it with um, with slide guitar, and again, this slightly um, unusual Norse lap steel sound which just has a kind of haunting sounds which we used a lot mm-hmm. on on the album um, And so that was a bit, once you've taken the electric guitar away then it starts to become a lot more about um, using the rhythms and the sounds of the drums using the piano um, just filling, let, let, that's why we wanted to bring that piano forward, and you, if you listen to the album you notice the piano doesn't do a lot there's nothing particularly intricate it just fills the space the whole time mm-hmm. Um, you've got that, and then you've got this kind of sl- sl- slide g- or you know lap steel guitar going on as well, um, which is which is just kind of filling the filling the the space of sounds. And then, and to be honest, and then the, the produce, I mean, Matt and Dan decided a lot about what the they were so good at it. They, a lot of the time, right. I just said, "Yeah, brilliant." that's how, they they turn and say, "What do you think?" I say, "Yep, yeah, that sounds good." What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I trust you guys.
0: <laughs> well, so um, how? uh how would you recommend uh for us as worship leaders and and uh and worship team members throughout the uh well uh, around the world we have listeners from around the world to start to go about implementing your songs uh for their for their Christmas services uh throughout the month of December advent there's a lot of songs that that will work besides just on Christmas weekend but um You know, what what would kind of be an ideal approach for you as as the songwriters?
2: Well, we always think that it's, we try to write songs, um, when we're writing Christmas songs, we've tried to write ones that by and large sound like normal songs and don't necessarily sound like a Christmas song musically, they just sound like a song. But the content is about the incarnation, and it's about the humility of Christ, and it's about the angels and and so on. Um, and so, we um, I tend to so when I use the, the resound Christmas songs, I will tend to use them from you know mid November or something because they're not just about they're not just Christmas songs. They tend to ha- we try to write them so there's enough richness in them that they start pointing towards where you're going where you're gonna go through Advent, yeah. and and so on. So, I mean, I was think, start start early with them. Or at least, you know, teach the, teach one in a service in November. Sing it again right, right. sometime. So by the time it gets to, to, you know, you might have a particular carol service or a big Christmas um, event or something. And particularly where you then, you know, sometimes these things, you bring in a bunch of, you know, lots of people come from outside who don't normally come to church. It's great if by then you all know the songs, the whole church does and not only knows them but kind of loves them then when you sing them together and then other people have come and come and come in and kind of caught up in it they discover something you know when people come to church at Christmas who don't come any other time I always think they sort of they want to find what they expect because they like the tradition and so many people still love the Christmas tradition the traditional songs and carols and so on but at the same, so you want to sort, in some some extent, you want to give them what they expect because you, because then that means they feel comfortable, they feel part of it. But you also want to give them what they don't expect at the same time, and sometimes that is something completely new. That every but, but where the experience of singing it together is somehow just bigger and greater and richer than just singing the same old carol.
1: Now, quick question for you, Joel. You you mentioned um, you know when people come to church that don't normally come to yeah. church. So um, that's like a big thing in the U.S. I'm encouraged to hear that it's not just an American problem. <laughs> yeah. It's also a problem in the U.K. So so is that a thing there, too, where, you, you know, because here here in the U.S., like inevitably around Christmas and Easter, those two times of year, you know, we have people coming in the church that normally don't come and, and then, you know, you don't see them again. Is it similar uh, over there in Britain as well?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, very much the case. Um, and you always, you then have that tension, don't you? Of, of like I was saying, of you kind of, you want them to come, um, and you want them to enjoy what they find, but you want to challenge to some extent at the same time. But you know, you know, you don't want it to be like a hit and run where you think, well, this is our one opportunity and then they, they know they've <laughs> yeah. been hit and run and they're a bit dazed when they leave.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I, I like how, you know, I like the idea of starting in November, um, because for one, it doesn't just give your church the opportunity to, to learn the songs, but um, December is inevitably an extremely busy month for, for people in general. And if you're filling all that time up with, with worship band practices, worship team practice, then then you're sucking people away from family opportunities where they may make the connection with someone that's going to lead to them inviting them to come to the service uh, that, that that they need to go to um, And so by, so by working on it over an extended period of time, your band's comfortable with it. They feel like they're winning yeah. and then they feel like they can put it out there with confidence. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have. That's uh, another, another 27 minutes. Yeah. Do you have anything else?
1: No, I I mean, I think the last thing I would say, Joel, thank you so much for, um, for coming on our show. Thank you for your ministry. Uh, thank you for that uh, Christmas worship album. I'm very excited about it personally, uh, for what we're doing at our church. Uh, thank you for taking up your evening. I know it's it's uh, uh it's, it's
2: getting bedtime, so. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been it, a real but, pleasure to come on and talk to you both. Thanks yeah, so much thank you for so much. giving us the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, once again, why don't you go ahead and give uh, the information for for connecting with you guys, downloading the uh, resources and make sure people are, are doubly aware of that.
2: Yeah, sure. So if you go to the website, resoundworship.org, then that's where you can find all the tracks um, and you can find chord charts, lead sheets, piano scores, choir scores. There's even, actually for three of the songs, there's even a full orchestral score. Um, <coughs> and so, yeah, it's worth going and having a look.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and um, and do it. You know, it's, it's a great... It's A great thing to support when you're supporting these guys, you're not supporting a big, uh, a big recording uh company, you're supporting some people who are doing what we do, yeah, no, um, which is cool. And again, uh, n-
1: nothing against Chris Tomlin, you know, <laughs> n- nothing against Passion, um, Hill Songs, you know, uh, Elevation Worship, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, all that stuff is great, but it's really refreshing, Joel, to have guys like you and those you're collaborating with, uh, putting out music for the church like this. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly. Excited to be able to uh, support
0: that. Yeah, and so uh, so support them. And uh, as always, we thank you for your continuous support of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. You can find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com, facebook.com, slash worshipministrycatalyst, twitter.com, slash catalyst, david at worshipministrycatalyst.com, or, or
1: kevin at
0: worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can leave us a voicemail at country code 1, area code 360-818-4339, Thanks again, Joel. Do you have any final, one last final word you want to throw out there as we say goodbye?
2: Yeah. Happy Christmas.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Very good. Awesome. Thanks, Joel. We'll see you again soon.
2: Bye-bye.